Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. everybody to another episode of the junkyard dog cast i'm jordan hill with rusty mansell rusty how's it going today oh man back at it and uh trying to get some warm weather and spring practice in the air kind of looking at my high school schedule you know you, you get a little bit of break you know we obviously covered a team that went a little bit later than usual this year and you go right into signing day and then you know, Jordan, you come right on board. Next thing you know, we got all these coaching changes. So it really hasn't slowed down as much. Maybe the last two to three weeks has kind of been a little bit, um, I would say, tempered down a little bit. But it's been full speed pretty much. So, you know, you kind of look at your schedule and things start start ramping up. I got a question for you. How was it you guys got to see spring practice? I mean, you got to physically stand inside the butts mirror and watch Georgia practice where all you guys like group hugging. I mean, it's been like two, three years for that, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought we were going to have to storm the door. I didn't know if, you know, they might change their mind, not let us come out there, but yeah, it, it was really neat to, to go out there on Tuesday, got a chance to watch about 20 minutes, which man, <clears throat> it's never, uh, I mean, it's always this way, but man, those 20 minutes go by pretty quick once you're uh, seeing all the groups in action. But yeah, it, it was really uh, interesting to get a chance to go out there, walk around, watch practice a little bit, get to see, you know, some of the offensive line groups, see some of the guys in action, see some of the new coaches, you know, had a chance to to listen to like Chidera, Uzo Deribe with outside linebackers, uh, seeing Stacey Searles out there, seeing Mike Bobo walking around, just kind of checking out what was going on. You know, a lot of people on the sideline, a lot of people watching along with the media. Uh, but it was it was really cool to be back at it. You know, obviously, that's the first time I've gotten to watch Georgia practice since I've been back on the beat. And, and if I'm right, I think, you know, nobody's really gotten on the media side a chance to watch these guys since probably October, I think is what I was told some sometime around uh, that Florida game. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, go ahead. Vanderbilt week to be to, to be what it was, because it was kind of like, OK, they're playing Vandy's and let everybody in for about 10 minutes. So, yeah. For sure. And uh, and yeah, you know, I wrote a little bit about this and I'd recommend everybody to go on there, kind of read the practice reports, practice observations. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see this offensive line, you know, the, sort of what they're going with. Uh, you know, we got to see Xavier Truss in there at left guard. I think we're going to see a lot of different people, especially as we go about, you know, getting the right five, you know, getting the five guys that can work together and work well. Uh, so it was nice to see kind of a little touch of that. I don't know when we'll get to see practice again. Uh, and I think I kind of alluded to this when I wrote about it. You know, it's probably going to be a little different next time we see it. I think we will see them kind of mess and, and and try to tweak it and see what works. Um, but it was really interesting to get to see that. And also to just see some of the guys, you know, that I've gotten to watch, uh, but, uh, you know, on TV, but getting to see some of those guys like Jalen Carter. And seeing uh, Trey Scott right there working with him and cheering him on and, and you know, getting him going. Um, you know, it's it, there's a lot of questions, and I think Kirby Smart talked about that Tuesday night, you know, with certain positions. But 
man, there's a lot of talent. You know, I know they've lost a lot, but they're looking to reload. And and uh, it, it was really a, a good chance to kind of watch these guys in action. And and again, hopefully that was the first of many. I don't know how many times they're going to let us out there, but it was definitely uh, good to kind of get to see those guys and and uh, kind of get a little preview for what we'll see at G Day. Yeah, I mean, but. I, I, obviously know all these guys covered most of these guys uh, on this roster. And I think when people see it up close for the first time, I talked to a lot of recruits, especially young players and parents that go to Georgia for the first time and stand on the sideline. And you realize that how big this team is. And that's a, that's one of the things that Kirby smart changed pretty quickly was the size uh, of the offensive line and the defensive line. Uh, we got a lot of young talent there and uh, it will be interesting to see. I think, you know, my question is, you know, they can do a lot of different things in the spring, get a lot of different guys, a lot of different reps, get Stacy Searles in there working with the guys. He's meeting the guys. They kind of get his flow. He gets their flow. But, uh, you know, I think going into the summer, for me, it's going to be Tate Ratliff. This is a guy that, you know, unfortunately on third play of the offensive year against Clemson uh, had the Liz Frank injury, and that's a bad injury for a big man. You're talking about a guy at six foot seven, three hundred and 25 pounds so it's a it's a weight bearing issue there so he's had to you know take his time with that can can Tate Ratledge get back to where he was obviously not doing anything in the spring other than doing some heavy lifting and uh you know upper body stuff and and walking around you know he, he walks with a boot sometimes sometimes he doesn't so you look at that room and how deep it is in the interior uh how can they do it get a lot of questions on Amarius Mims right now. Warren McClendon and Broderick Jones are clearly, to me, settled in at the offensive tackle positions. But, uh, you know, they're not been afraid. Going back to Sam Pittman through Matt Luke, and we'll see with Stacey Searles, they haven't been afraid to rotate tackles. So we'll see what they do. Uh, we'll get, you know, obviously, we'll hopefully you get a chance to get back in there. If not, we'll get a good chance at G-Day to see how they work out the rotation zone. Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm going to hopefully get a chance to go out there. And and you kind of hit on with Tate Ratledge, I think a point that's going to be really important going forward is, you know, this is an opportunity for guys that can step up because of some of these injuries. And a guy that, you know, I've heard a lot about in the last couple of weeks, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, a guy that when I brought him up to Kirby, he's like, I, I didn't even, it took me a minute to know who you're talking about. We call him pop and they call him pop because the way he's hitting out there. And, and I mean, a lot of guys were really excited about him. Nolan Smith was singing his praises. And, you know, it was no surprise when we were out there on Tuesday that he was running with the first team. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's a guy that's got a lot of promise. I think he's a guy that, you know, when we talked to Nolan, he talked about, you know, when he was in games last year, he didn't get many reps, but he made the most of them. I think he had a pick six against UAB. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, he's out there causing fumbles, stuff like that. This is a prime opportunity for somebody like Pop, uh, to take advantage of and, and say, you know, with, with Smile Munden not being able to be out there, this is a prime opportunity for a guy uh, like him to to show that, hey, he's ready. And, and it'll be something to watch again, even going through G-Day, uh, to see what other guys are able to step up. Yeah, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to realize what they lost over there. Uh, they've got a very, very talented roster. What you lose is experience. Um, I think Kirby Smart, what, said 7,000 snaps or something like that, which was crazy. But uh, you lose a guy like Nicobe Dean who is well-documented how smart he is. You know, this is a 4.0 GPA kid. And you lose somebody like that. You Not only lose an athlete, you lose a leader lining people up. Everybody, you know, makes a 
makes uh, a deal out of him kind of crawling Channing Tindall on that crossing route in Alabama game. But I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, a leader. You know what I mean? I mean, that him and Channing Tindall are tight. They're buddies, but you know, he let him know he, he really was wrong and he almost cost Georgia a touchdown off of that play. And the next play Channing Tindall comes back and makes sacks Bryce Young for like a 15 yard loss. So, uh, you know, the little things like that that don't get mentioned enough are a very big deal. So, We'll see as the spring comes out. Uh, leaders are made in the spring and summer in those in those player-led workouts, especially in the month of May when they do those little team seven-on-sevens. And as they get into June where it's heavy, heavy player-led, uh, we'll see what kids uh, kind of rise. I know Nolan Smith will be one, and obviously Stetson Bennett being uh, the starting quarterback at Georgia will be, have to carry on a more vocal role as well. Talking about Stetson, we actually had a chance to talk to him on Tuesday night. It was really interesting to kind of get to pick his brain. And and before we kind of focus on the football thing, it was really interesting to be in the room with somebody who was a clue on a Jeopardy game show that night. His name got mentioned on Jeopardy, and he was like, yeah, uh, somebody just texted me about it. He was like, yeah, they could have made it harder. They could have asked who the quarterback was. He said nobody would have gotten that. So uh, I think he he, kind of understood it quite well. But – you know, seriously, though, getting a chance to talk to Stetson, it was really interesting just to sort of hear him talk about the last few months. I mean, you know, he he admitted that, I think he said, well, the world exploded there for a minute, something like that. You know, it's just been so busy. But the perspective he showed, I was really intrigued by. You know, he talked about, hey, when I was in high school, I was a starting quarterback. Everybody knew who I was. You know, he talked about when he first came to Georgia, obviously he was on the scout team. Uh, I think a couple people wrote about him getting ready for that Rose Bowl because he was playing Baker Mayfield uh, for the scout team. And, you know, he talked about obviously there's a lot more attention than he's used to uh, given what he was able to do and obviously helping Georgia the way he did. But, you know, he talked about perspective and he talked about the people around him and, and making sure that, you know, basically he wasn't overwhelmed, that he wasn't spreading himself too thin. And it was just really interesting, too, on top of all that, with all the media attention, with all the NIL stuff, you know, he talked about, you know, we were like a week and a half behind because of how long the season went. He said, you know, usually we're we're done playing around New Year's Day. And, you know, they played, I think that was January 10th that the championship game was. So he was very, you know, on top of the fact that there needed to be a sense of urgency with everybody. And, you know, just... To, to hear some of that perspective from him, uh, it was really intriguing. You know, I think he was was really candid with stuff and talked about, you know, the, the stuff he's had to deal with. I think some of it trial by error, again, with sort of like the attention. Um, but, it, but it was really good to just sort of get to hear from him, see how he has kind of approached things. I mean, you know, from everything I can tell, he did it with a really level head. And, and imagine... You know, it, it kind of blows my mind to try to imagine, you know, being a guy that age and you got all this attention, but he, you know, he very well understood uh, that he's got another year to get prepared for. And I think, you know, based on what he was saying and also what Kirby had to say too, you know, everything I have seen tells me that he's done it the right way. Yeah. I mean, you grow, you grow through things like that and, and what Stetson Bennett went through, um, you know, only Buck Ballou would know, as far as I know, uh, as a living quarterback. And it's a little different day and age than Buck Ballou uh, 41 years ago. So, um, Stetson Bennett, uh, you, you're not you're kind of not prepared for something like that. You have to go through it. And, um, you know, that's a good problem to have. So, we're not sitting here crying, crying baby for him. Uh, you know, quarterback, University of Georgia won the national championship. And, 
there's a lot of media. There's a lot of requirements for that. And, uh, you know, I've known Stetson since he was a junior in high school down at Pierce County, came to my MVP camp down at Lowndes High School, had a chance to meet his father and him. And, uh, you know, he's been through a hell of a roller coaster uh, for the University of Georgia, leaving, coming back. But uh, winning a national championship, there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. And, and I think you have to refocus. I think Georgia, from what sounds like, has done a really good job of kind of clearing the air, clearing the table. This is a new season, and last year means nothing uh, when it comes to this season. And another point I kind of want to hit on with Stetson that I hadn't really thought of, but I thought was something very interesting and, and something that makes this spring very valuable for him. You know, Stetson talked about that he felt like he could get better, and Kirby had said something very similar a few minutes before we got a chance to talk to Stetson. But he talked about the reps. You know, he said, you know, Kirby said this time last year that Stetson was running with the threes, and, and you look at how valuable this time for a guy as experienced as Stetson is, how valuable this time can be. You know, he, he's talking about, well, you know, say this time last year, I'm probably not in the ear of the receiver saying, hey, run the route this way, run it this way. Uh, but, you know, they know that he's the guy. He's going to be the starter. Um, and they've been able, not only does he have that respect to be able to say that and, and you know, go to the receivers, kind of tweak things, uh, but they've been through a lot. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, at least several of these receivers, obviously they have those reps. Uh, they've been in games. They kind of know what to expect from each other. I think that's crucial. You know, I think, you know, at first glance, when you hear a quarterback, especially coming off the season that Setson had, say something like, I think my best ball's ahead of me, you know, you kind of wonder, well, is that, you know, along the lines of coach speak or, well, yeah, you know, you're going to say something like that. But I think it's a really good point. I think that this is a chance really for him to grow another year in this offense and sort of knowing the expectations. You know, I think he's right. I think it's a really good opportunity for him. And it's going to be something that, you know, we may be looking at while, you know, when we get to the fall to see if real progress was made in these weeks and months. Yep. I mean, it's I can imagine the amount of conversations they've had um, with with Stetson Bennett and some of the things that he's learned. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, I hear coaches talk about this, especially head coaches. You don't really know what it's like until you sit in that seat. And Stetson Bennett is now a national championship starting quarterback. Uh, you know, you start looking at Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, all those guys are in you know, Gunnar Stockton's obviously the early enrollee. Um, the quarterback is a totally different mentality deal. And it's one of the hardest positions in the world. You look at the NFL right now. And in my opinion, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. There's about eight or nine that can play on an elite level. And you're talking about eight or nine people in the world. So uh, you look at Stetson Bennett in college and what he returns, it's invaluable what the experience he's got uh, to be able to stand in that huddle and call a play and know the other 10 other guys uh, believe in him to get it done. Well, we'll uh, take a quick break real quick. Then we can come back, talk a little bit about some of those early enrollees. Also talk about recruiting. Maybe some more guys are going to be joining the Bulldogs here before long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Well, just a second ago, Rusty, we mentioned uh, a few of those early enrollees. You know, I got a chance to watch a few of the guys the other day at practice. Ernest Green was kind of getting in the mix, one of those young offensive linemen. What have you heard uh, about any of these early enrollees, anyone who you feel like is kind of making a mark or, or even guys we just need to keep an eye on going forward? Uh, you know, you hear things different days like, hey, this young guy had a good practice or this guy had a good practice. I think consistently – Overall, so far, a week and a half into spring practice, I think two guys uh, that, that have kind of – I keep hearing their names are Michael Williams, a five-star uh, outside linebacker defensive end out of Hardaway High School in Columbus. And that's really no surprise to me. And Georgia fans, you know, that's good news to them because obviously what you lost – and I'm not sure Michael start, but I'm, I'm pretty confident if he stays healthy and continues to progress that Michael Williams – uh, will we'll help this team. And that's the most important thing as a true freshman. It's a great uh, pass rushing skill set. I mean, he was dominating. Uh, he was, in, in my opinion, he was the best player uh, out of uh, 70 All-Americans in Texas. He was the best player on the field. I mean, he was dominating. And uh, so to, for him to have early success, kind of know his background and who he is, very, very high uh, academic, uh, high character young man, comes from his family there in Columbus. So doesn't surprise me, but Denylon Morissette is a guy that you know he got kind of banged up his senior year, wide receiver at North Cobb High School. Uh, kind of got set back a little bit this year and uh, took him a little while to get in. He had a wrist injury. Ironically, he got hurt at a seven-on-seven team camp at Georgia last June, and it really set him back a little bit as the year went on. But this is a young man that kind of, you know, he, he stays in his own lane. He works hard. Uh, everywhere I've seen him compete, you know, his junior years at Brookwood, senior years at North Cobb. And, you know, since since seeing the nylon in person and knowing what type of work ethic he's got, I, I remember going to North Cobb several times and Shane Queen, the head coach there, a longtime head coach, said, man, the nylon is like he walked right in. He's like the leader of our team. Like everybody loves this kid. He's never late. He stays after, works extra reps. I mean, this kid is a this kid's a real, uh, you know, in his opinion, a five star. Uh, type players. So you know, that's good news too for Georgia. You know, they, they, get, they want some guys to step up, but at wide receiver, I think the nylon more set is a name that has consistently been brought up to me. And obviously Michael Williams, the former five-star prospect out of, out of Columbus. Those are two guys getting a little bit of buzz. Ernest Green's a guy that, you know, when I saw him, I think he weighed 355 when he weighed in. I thought, man, he's, it's pretty big. You know, he's going to, have to lose some weight, but man, we got into pass rush, uh, um, pass rush out in um, in Texas and doing the one on ones, and they had him at left tackle. And he's about six three, so he's not a real long kid. Uh, but kind of remind me of Jamari Salyer, to be honest with you, a little bit maybe taller than Jamari. But I thought, man, this kid might can play tackle. But you know, his long term probably would be inside. So he's another true freshman out of California. A guy that Matt Luke closed on at the end of this class, which was a big deal, got down to Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, and they go out to California to get him. So when you look at that, 
that's a name you kind of tuck away as it, as this as this offensive line group shapes up going into the summer. No doubt about it, and had a chance to talk to some of his coaches over there at St. John Bosco. Obviously, a very impressive program, and seems like he's well set to to be able to contribute as well. And, and the receiver, like you said, Denylon, I think that you know he's got a real opportunity, and I think it's something that Kirby, with any of the early enrollees, hasn't shied away from. I mean, he's hit on the fact, especially at receiver. You know, Kirby talked about on Tuesday that. We don't have a lot of depth. I mean, this is a real opportunity for someone like Denylon, any of those guys to have a chance to step up. Again, with some of those guys who are out, uh, you know, this is sort of a proving ground for a lot of these guys. And and even if they don't get in some of those starting roles, you know, they could wind up being very significant contributors by the time we get to the fall. Yep, we're going to see. And that's, uh, you know, we our message board is – Who's showing out in wide receiver? Is Georgia taking one in the portal, and who are we recruiting? So, obviously, if you look at the list that we put up this morning on Dolph 247, uh, expected visitor list tomorrow, not this weekend, the one tomorrow. Uh, man, that is a uh, – you can tell Brian McClendon is casting a big net and recruiting guys uh, in an area that he's very familiar with, especially in Florida. So, the wide receiver room is one I think Georgia has a lot of room to make some growth. Adonai Mitchell, I know I butcher his name every time, so I'll just say uh, A.D. Mitchell. Yeah, that's what I go with. Just go so, with A.D. I'll go with A.D. until I get that one down. And, uh, you know, he he is clearly, clearly with Brock Bowers out, Darnell Washington out spring, he's clearly the guy right now. And I heard he is he has separated himself in that wide receiver room. And, uh, you know, that, that catch he made in the – in the national championship, you saw I'm talking about ball skills and the ability to get on top and stack a DB and make a play like that shows a lot of him. Yeah, when we had a chance to talk to George Pickens at Pro Day, someone asked who was the next guy. There was no hesitation. He just smiled and said, AD, it's going to be AD. Uh, so you talked about some of the visitors. I think we would be remiss not to talk about one of the big visitors from this past weekend. Uh, five-star quarterback Arch Manning. Uh, Rusty, just what what do you know? What what sort of the the feel uh, from Arch coming back and checking out Athens, and and what maybe is sort of the timeline, or what should we expect next as far as he's concerned? Well, next for him, he'll be at Texas this weekend on a two-day visit with his family, and then I think he has now set up a two-day visit in April to Alabama. I'm not sure the weekend of that, but he is going to Alabama in April. You know, you have to be. This one's one that you get questions and texts like I get texts from people that don't even have their phone number locked into my phone like hey you know hey are we getting arts you know I'm assuming it's a Georgia fan um so you know I'm very guarded with this one because it this is just so many eyes on this recruitment this decision this young man I'm confident though in saying that Georgia is a serious contender I've said that from day one Georgia will be in this thing all the way until the end now there's no points for second place for an Arch Manning. That would that would be rough. But you got to be in this thing uh, to have a legit shot. Georgia has a legit shot. Um, you know, he doesn't do interviews. Kind of had to talk to his high school coach. He kind of had to talk to a lot of people around this. And what I gather on this is they really like the town of Athens. His family likes the town of Athens. They like that that college atmosphere. Um, they're really impressed with the offensive line room. Some guys that potentially, if he was the guy here that would be in front of him, it's very, very deep room. And, you know, knowing Trevor Lawrence and his family um, you know, so well, 
being from basically my neighborhood here, uh, that was one thing that they were really, really high on Georgia with was that offensive line room. And you go back and look, the, the, you know, all them guys, there were several guys that were first round draft picks that came out of that room. So, uh, you know, you look at it goes a lot more goes into a quarterback decision than just, hey, can I play early? You know, you got to have guys around you and what's in front of you to protect you. So there's a lot. Buster Faulkner's a guy that doesn't get a ton of publicity because he's an off the field quarterback analyst. But they really, they really, really like him. He has a great relationship with Cooper and the family. Uh, Mike Bobo coming on is a guy. He's also an analyst. They know him as well. Kirby Smart. There's a lot of connections there between the Manning family uh, with this current Georgia staff. So Georgia's a legit contender for him. You know, now I'm going to say this, and I'm just trying to piece things together around this. Most people don't think this is going to get into July. Most people think at some point in June, he's going to try to make a decision so he can completely focus on his senior season and recruiting players to the school he chooses. Now, the question I always get is what about NIL? With NIL with them is not really a heavy focus because Number one, that family's they're they're pretty deep now financially. Let's just not be around the bush. But saying that, they understand in today's college football scope and the world that we're in there, that if Arch Manning goes to a school and he is successful, it's going to be unlimited. What I mean, they'll be in line to pay him to endorse products. Uh, the the name image likeness for an Arch Manning would be would be off the charts. It'd be something unheard of. So. Uh, you know, with that, I think they understand it, it will come with him and it will come immediately, you know, but but NIL hasn't been a big focus discussion with those guys at many of the schools from everything I understand. And, you know, they, they understand. But I want to say this, too, about Arch Manning. I don't think people give him enough credit. I mean, this kid's almost 6'4", 215 pounds. He can dunk a basketball. He's got a rocking arm. He can move. I mean, if his name was Art Smith, he would still be a top-level high school recruit. Uh, just because he's just because he's got that Manning name attached to him, I think sometimes people go, "Is he really that good?" Uh, I dug into him and dug into some people that I trust with quarterback evals, you know, recently. And and man, I mean, I didn't realize how big he was. I mean, this is legit six three and a half. I mean, that is a big dude. Quick release, he can sling it, and he's a better athlete than people think. So you package everything around him like that, and that's why there's so much, um, so many eyes on him. But he'll be at Texas this weekend, and I know for sure he'll be at Alabama in April. Not sure of any other visits after that. Uh, maybe Georgia can get him back one time. I know Georgia staff will be down at his school in May. Kirby Smart cannot go down, but the assistant coaches can be down there. So you expect uh, Coach Munkin at least. Uh, to be down there and the guys that are on the road, the 10 coaches designated to be on the road in the all-important month of May. But Arch Manning, you know, with that, uh, Georgia is very, very deep into this, and we'll see if they can land him. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to follow. Obviously, we'll be all over it at Dogs 247. And, again, you know, if he does ultimately commit to Georgia, it'll be interesting to see the domino effect, you know, who decides they want to be a part of that class as well. He's going to set off a lot. He's not. He's going to set off a lot of different schools. So when he picks, just say he picks Georgia. Just say he picks Georgia. Well, Alabama and Texas have got to refocus where they're at. Uh, some of these other schools are involved with that too. So there's a lot of dominoes that will fall with someone like that. 
Rusty, before we wrap this up, uh, any other recruiting, you know, visits or, or people we should be watching out for, or just sort of the landscape of what these next few weeks look like for Georgia while they're also going through spring practice? I think the biggest thing people kind of, you know, I, the, the board last night, the junkyard was kind of like, hey, why are we not getting commitments? Well, this is a visit time, you know, and people don't realize, you know, these uh, these recruits understand that these visits can be taken away from you in a heartbeat. So this is a time that prospects are seeing multiple schools going around. They are going around. They're going around seeing schools, visiting other kids are doing seven on seven. You know, kind of in my experience, June, this new recruiting calendar with official visits in June is usually a time where those decisions start getting made, the early, early decisions on these elite prospects. So uh, I don't think right now there's going to be a ton of decisions around the country. You might see some, but, you know, for me, there's those visits, then there's spring practice, you know, in the southern states, you know, Georgia, Florida, all these places, all the coaches will be back on the road. And then you start thinking about early, early January, early June, those official visits start taking place. And that's when you start seeing a lot of movement. Yeah, it'll be something to watch. Obviously, Georgia also got a 2024 commit, a cornerback Antoine Jackson. So we'll see if more people jump in line with him before too long. Um, well, Rusty, I think that's about all I got. Anything else we need to hit on before we wrap this baby up? We can wrap it up for the next one. Yes, sir. Well, and hey, let's give a shout out. Well wishes to Kip Adams. He'll hopefully be with us maybe the next episode or the episode after that. Uh, hoping that he comes back and is ready to go, man, because we got a busy we got a busy couple months as we get ready, getting closer to the season. Yep. Absolutely. Well, all right, for Rusty Manziel, I'm Jordan Hill, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to get out of here on that. Until next time, take care.